Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on a Friday. Yeah, it's always great when you make it to Friday. The 28th of April is upon us. The NFL draft started last night. It's not a made-for-TV event. It lasts like three or four days. I think it's today, tomorrow. Well, wait. It's Friday, so I'm a little too excited. Yesterday was the first round. Today is the second and third round, and I think Saturday they get it all done. It's now a three-day ordeal. How did your team do? And you know what the funny part is? None of us really know. I love it when these guys are on TV and they're, they're, they're saying, oh, this is such a great pick, or what a terrible pick this was. How do they know? Obviously, all of those people that get drafted have done uh, fairly well at their craft, and uh, we'll have to all wait and see what that has to do with what we do. Absolutely nothing. The physical delivery of gold and silver, it is what we do. Wealth insurance needed for when the world goes completely nuts. And we're, we're just about there. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on, on the podcast. I mean, follow us everywhere. Make All American Gold part of your daily routine so many things to talk about today. Uh, obviously, GDP came out, and, and well, let's face it, it was pretty much exactly what we thought it was going to be, which was not very good. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, apparently not enough of you are out there uh, eating those wings. They're starting to cut jobs. Apparently, uh, I don't know this retailer, uh, Vince, it's called. Uh, they're a high-end retailer. They announced today that they won't have enough money to make it to the end of the year. And then iHeartMedia, you know, the owner of, I think they own a bunch of radio stations, they also indicated, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to make those debt payments as well. Uh, you know, I've been trying to watch a little more news and I just can't do it I really can't you know every time you turn on Fox the only words you hear is Trump 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 then you turn it on to CNN and everything is Russia 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 I was I was actually talking there I actually saw air for those of you that are concerned which there's there's not very many of you, but the ones that are, he is not dead. Uh, he <laughs> he's working very very hard, actually, and I'm laughing because he's really working way harder than he wants to, which uh, brings me much joy and pleasure. But he was saying, you know, you could have a great drinking game every time. You know, you just turn the TV on. I mean, this could be better than beer pong, right? Better than quarters or Viking Master. I mean, whatever it is, those games the the kiddies play. I mean, you could really get intoxicated every time 
You turn on Fox, and every time they say the word Trump, you got a drink, and then you change the channel, right? Then you change it to CNN, and you wait for them to say Russia, and then you got a drink, and then you flip it back and forth. I mean, within 30 minutes, you'd be in the bag for sure. I mean, without a doubt. And here's the thing, though. You know what? You may actually be better off being completely intoxicated than actually trying to comprehend what either one of these two stations are trying to tell you. <laughs> I am now convinced you will now be dumber if you actually believe and listen to either one of those stations. And I obviously, and I'm broad brushing, every once in a while they say something worthwhile, but most of the time it's just, you know, whatever it is that uh, the left or the right agenda is, is all you get. But uh, I got to tell you what, I think Eric's on to something. And you know how he loves his drinking game. I mean, I don't know for how many years every Friday was Jack Daniels Friday. I mean, that was like a tradition here forever. And then people actually thought we were, I mean, because we got carried away. I'm not going to lie. We got carried away more than once. That People actually thought we were drinking on the air. That is not true. I do not drink and go on the air. It's kind of like drinking and driving in town. Do not do it. Trust me, it's not worth it. By the way, for those of you that were worried, hours away from a government shutdown, our elected officials, well, (laughs) they did what only they can do. What a bunch of clowns. They They passed the bill to keep the government open. But just for a week. Yeah, uh, you know what? We're not ready yet. You know, first we had to go on vacation, and now it's the weekend, and yeah, uh, we'll just keep it open for a little bit here. You know, you think about uh, the nonsense that it is. Think about all these quote unquote non essential employees, which, you know, I said last week if they're non essential, why are they working for the government? Work somewhere else that is actually essential. But they're going to lay off these non-essential people. And I say lay off. They won't get paid. And now they got to go another week with the possibility that they may not get paid for a while. Incredible. But, hey, you know what? They're elected officials. They're millionaires and billionaires. What do they care? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) Ramon is honored today. I believe... Here's the sad part, is I think I know the movie. Billy Madison? You are correct, Is sir. that right? That is correct. You are now, we are all now dumber for having her. <laughs> Maybe we should all just send the Ru- the Russians a thank you card. I mean, because uh, at CNN, according to them, if, if it wasn't for the Russians, Hillary would be president. Trust me, we don't want that. Uh, you know, I'll say this. We haven't had this budget since October the 1st. 
So, you know, I'm, you know, you had all of October, November, December. Well, they didn't want to do it when Obama was there, right? January, February, March. Now it's the end of April. Now we're going to go into May. And at what point do you just throw your hands in and say, ah, <laughs> let's try for next year? Speaking of trying for next year, uh, the gross domestic product, which used to be, when I say used to, because apparently now it can be any number, they don't care anymore, used to be the measure of how good of a job the Federal Reserve and the federal government were doing. I mean, it was, I mean, that really was what it was. How is the economy? Right, and we we used to live in this world where somewhere between three and four, and really between three and five, and, and probably three and a half to four and a half percent GDP growth was normal. If it started falling below two percent. The Federal Reserve would, would start lowering rates. Matter of fact, if it fell below 3%, they'd start talking about lowering rates, and below 2%, they were lowering them. And if it got above 5 right, they'd start talking about what? Raising them. Right, got to slow it down. <laughs> right? If it got above 6 they were actually doing. How times have changed. The U.S. economy turned in its weakest performance in three years in the January to March quarter. You can't make it up. <laughs> right? And, and really, honestly, despite all the, all the things you hear on TV, this has been the trend. It's actually been falling for three straight years in a row. It just has been 20 2014 GDP, 2015 was a little less. Then 2016 was a little less than 2015. Now 2017, well, yeah, you got it. It's even less. Says that the first, I'll say that, you know, because they, they make adjustments after this. The first report of GDP was an anemic seven tenths of 1%. And that's annualized, so then you got to divide it by four to get what the growth was for the quarter. Uh, the the uh, results repeat a pattern that has characterized the recovery, which is the first quarter stinks. <laughs> which, you know, that makes sense. You know, you, you really think about what's really happened. More and more people, right, are just fighting this losing battle where... Uh, I can do it every month without the, oh, well, I had to get tires, I had to get this, I had to do that, right? And they put it on their credit card, and then it's the holidays, and and they start the next year, and they're, they're got more debt than ever, and they try to tighten the belt up, and we get off to the slow starts. They said the slowdown primarily reflected, and this is what changed. This was the big change, was in consumer spending, right? That, you know, the consumer had been the quote-unquote bright spot 
uh, now the apparently we put our wallets back in our pocket, which you know kind of goes hand in hand with all the retailers uh, closing their stores down and all of those things. Economists, however, I know they didn't see this, right? The same economists three months ago were telling us GDP growth, it could be 3%. They said, don't worry, because the, the week start of the year just means we, can, we have the opportunity to have a better than expected bounce back in the next quarter. So we'll have to wait for that. But something very interesting has happened. I've made the argument that we have never recovered from the Great Recession. What we've done is we made debt really, really cheap and then gorged on. I mean, that's, that's what we did. And now we're starting to see whether it's the consumer, right? We know the consumer's hurting because we, we look at auto loan defaults and credit card defaults, right? We know that. We know wages aren't rising. We, we know that the, whether it's the retailers now, apparently it's bleeding into the restaurants now. We're starting to see commercial defaults rising. Annual growth or GDP in the United States has not exceeded 2.7% for a record 11 straight years. This is according to the data published by the government. Okay, so you went in, what did you know? Because you got to remember, they take these GDP numbers, they'll revise them a couple more times, and I'll tell you about them. But then, like, five years later, they'll go back, right, revise them again. And, you know, the, when, when, and I'll use the, the crisis. You know, when 07 and 08 were happening, it was bad. Right, we knew it was bad, but the government was like, "Oh, it was, it was you know down three, four. It was negative one percent." Now, if you look at it, it was negative four or five percent. But but neither here nor there. According to the data, full year growth for 2016 was 1.6 percent. Advanced estimates for first quarter growth, now we know it was seven-tenths, it was seven-tenths, so we know that number. They said in the past 11 full years, from, 20, from 2006 to 2016, the strongest growth in real GDP, and this one blew me away, because in this state, the recession had already started, we just didn't know it. The best growth was 2.7% in 2006. In the last 10 full years, the strongest annual growth, I thought it was 2014, and this was I said, so it was 2015, at 2.6. So you think about, <laughs> right, this is the best that we've been able to do. It's never happened in history. Matter of fact, the second longest streak. So this one now, we've gone 11 straight years without a GDP 
number for a year of at least 2.7. You have to go all the way back to the Great Depression. You know how many years even then they had? It was only 30 through 33. Those four years, the growth of the United States did not exceed 2.7% for four consecutive years. We're now on our 11th consecutive year. In 1934, in case you were wondering, the economy roared back. Remember, they fixed it, right? They shut the banks at 33. The economy roared back. They had 10.8% growth in 1934. In 1935, they had 8.9. In 1936, they had 12.9. I mean, they were rocking. Of course, in 1937, growth fell off the table. And then by 1938, they were back in the recession. Right? And you got to remember, this was we were still young yet. Remember yesterday we kind of said how, you know, people were trying to make the analogy that the Trump tax cuts were Reagan-esque and all of this and on all of that. And yesterday I kind of said, we're not even close. We're not even the same. Not, we're not in the same zip code. We're not in the same thing. We're not, we're not even on the same planet anymore. And you think about in the 1930s, I mean, they took away the gold standard. They took gold away from the citizenry and got to print money like crazy. And even then, they couldn't cover it up. You know, the, the one thing, and you know, we have said this all along, the only thing that got us out was World War II. And, and I was, you know, I would say this, if it wasn't for World War II, I don't know that we'd have a central bank. I really don't. Because the, the, the policies, while they look good on a, on a blackboard, right, they look good in theory. The, the realities are you cannot have prosperity through debt in prosperity through a printing press. You just can't. So now we've gone 11 straight years without a growth rate, and really, and it says 2.7 because that was highest, without a, without a GDP rate of over 3. 11 years in a row. It's never happened. The longest streak ever, you know, outside of that was from 1930 to 1933. And you start thinking about, even with the Trump tax cuts, which we all know we're not going to get that. We're going to get something, hopefully, but not probably not nowhere close to what they'd want. Even with that, they were only now saying, well, we get GDP growth back to three. And you think about when, I mean, really think about it. Go back to 05, 04. Go back to 1994, 1984, 1974, 1964, 1954. For those of you that are a little older than me, we grew up in that three to five percent was normal. That was kind of regular. 
now we've got $20 trillion in debt. The Federal Reserve yanked away from all of you that have invested with them. Right, Everybody that's invested in the debt markets, the Federal Reserve gave you the proverbial middle finger. Interest rates are at, what I don't even know, what are three-quarters of a percent? Is that what it is, 0.75, whatever it is? And we can't even get GDP to three. Then you start thinking about, well, if three to five was average, the Fed funds rate of between six and eight was average. Now we're at a Fed funds rate of less than one. And at least for the first quarter, the GDP rate was seven-tenths of a percent. How do you think we're doing? How long do you think this is going to play out? We're just going to continue on this and, and, and play this little game forever? I mean, that's what you really think? You really think that's what's going to happen? Never going to get any worse than this ever again? Take the Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. While liberals around the country were busy complaining about President Trump's travel ban that sought to stop the onslaught of outrageous aggression, the liberals in California made their own travel ban against religious expression. According to a new California law, public universities are no longer allowed to send students to states that oppose gay rights. Students that have prepared for months to make presentations of their research have been told to cancel their plans. Athletes have been told not to expect any games with rivaling teams from states like Tennessee, Kansas, or North Carolina. The logic is that California doesn't want taxpayer dollars going to states that hold conservative, pro-family principles. This is just another example of how far liberals will go to shut out those that disagree with them to the detriment of students seeking a quality education. First and foremost, this shows that California liberals are willing to sacrifice education for political expediency. They want to withhold students from educational opportunities like interstate conferences, research seminars and symposiums, and speaking engagements, simply because they disagree with the governmental policies of the state in which the events take place. Not only will this hinder the educational experience of students, but it's highly unlikely that real change will come about for homosexuals. Why throw away educational opportunities when there will be no real change? Also, this new law illustrates just how isolated these liberals want to be. If the state of California wants to oppose traditional marriage, they should be encouraging their students to travel to other states and promote a differing viewpoint, not shut them in to prevent open discussions. In reality, California simply cannot handle an opposing conservative voice. They want to make their entire state a safe space to block out anyone who disagrees with the liberal agenda. If you really want to know if the conservatives or liberals are on the right side of this issue, just ask yourself who wants an open and honest discussion and who wants to suppress the discussion. 
it's clear to see that California liberals are willing to go to extreme lengths to suppress an open dialogue for their college students. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The liberal agenda is corrupting classrooms in colleges, high schools, and elementary schools across the country. If you're a parent, teacher, or administrator who really cares about our children, we're asking you to get involved and share your story on PSEagles.com. That's PSEagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Yeah, backwards. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. Joe Jaquin, all of you, thank you so much. I mean, think about it. We've been doing this since our third decade. It's incredible. Really, really is. And it's uh, because we have the best customers in the world. And uh, when you order from us, this is this is how we pay for for what we do here. Uh, I'm our fancy spokesperson. And uh, Wendy and Arlene and Ramon and Cody and, and the stations that we're on, this is how we give it all back. You know, I told you earlier, I'm trying to watch a little more news, right? I'm trying to, I don't know, be more well-rounded, right? Try to at least see what the the people are saying out there. Jeremy Siegel. If you're one of those people that likes to watch the idiot box, the stock channel, <laughs> he's one of these famed economists. You know, he's the same guy that told us that we were going to have three G- 3% GDP growth just three months ago. And, you know, never saw a bad thing a day in his life. He made a he's, – he's still bullish. Yes, I'm bullish on this stock, and he should be. He called it, this is a Goldilocks situation for stocks. And, you know, the story of Goldilocks, right? The forge is too hot, it's too cold, it's just right. Just right. Used to be GDP somewhere around 4%. Just right. Used to be... A Fed's funds rate about 6%. Just right. Used to be we'd go into debt a little bit. <laughs> right? At least that's the 80s. Just right was, you know, maybe $100 billion here, $100 billion there. And, and we have to believe this nonsense. There's nothing just right about it. And But this is the thing that happened. They rob us slowly. It's like that slow death. And and you don't even really know that you're even dying yet. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) All of a sudden, one month, you just woke up and you're like, oh my God, I'm dying. And you're looking at your wife or your husband and you're like, what happened? And then you start going over everything, right? trying to track it all down and you realize we've been slowly dying for years <laughs> financially I'm you know financially and now we're at this point where and this is really exactly what we told you was going to happen 
This is what happens when you have prosperity through death. It works okay for a while. Right? Part of the, the when we talked about the Reagan era, right? Ronald Reagan stimulated this economy. How did he do it? Debt. We didn't have a lot of it yet. Right? Credit cards had just become mainstream. I mean, think about it. Remember in the 80s, you still went to the store, they had those clacker machines. <laughs> you know, and the only reason why I remember is when we had to go to back to school shopping. Oh, my. It was the worst day of the year. You know, my mom would drag me and my three brothers to the mall. Maybe that's why all the malls are going out of business is because I was traumatized by going to the mall with my mother. I, I refused to go to them. And she would have to try on the clothes, right? And your, your mom would make you walk out of the changing room. And she had to give it the inspection, right? Turn around, let me see the butt. She'd start pulling on your, you know, your belt loop and all this other stuff. And it was just, right? I mean, it was traumatic. They were like, oh, my, stop touching me. Right. And you know, you're 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 sitting there and, and you'd go to pay for it, right? My and my mom would put the car down and they'd clack the little thing and it was a novelty, right? And most people what? You wrote a check. Remember that? Now you go to the store, anybody who writes a check, everybody's annoyed. Well, convenience, right? And that's fine. If it was a debit card. But they've loaded us, and they loaded everything. Think about what they did. They put the government into debt. We got $20 trillion. And really now, the big debate right now isn't, hey, how are we going to, slow the growth of the debt down. It's by how much are we going to speed it up? I mean, that's really what we're there debating. Right? Let's cut taxes with no offsets and we'll grow the debt and they're going to fight about how much more is it going to grow. And I've already given you the answer. I mean, we're going to be shocked. Why? Maybe we won't be. By the number, it's going to be so big. By 2020, we'll be talking about deficits well over a trillion dollars every year, approaching two trillion. Real and fake numbers doesn't matter. Then you start thinking about consumers. You could. It wasn't possible in the 80s to get a seven or eight year car loan. It was impossible. Matter of fact, five years was really pushing it. Right? The 70s, three years was pushing it. And you think about now we have the credit card, the student loan. We 
we have the the auto loans, we have the mortgage loan, right, and all of these loans and how much things cost now. The average price of a new car now is thirty five K. You could have bought a home and a car and had money to try, take a, a week-long cruise and like, still have more money for 35k in the 70s. And they can't understand. Now they're trying to convince us, this moron, Jeremy Siegel's trying to convince us that we are in the Goldilocks situation. Well, and I should be fair to him. He didn't say the Goldilocks situation for us. <laughs> he didn't say that. Now it's the Goldilocks situation for stocks, yes. They're going to cut their taxes and money's still dirt cheap. Great time to be a stock. Too bad we can't live off of and eat off of it and put a roof over our head with a stock. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back. You know, I was just thinking, I don't know anybody who has become stinking wealthy. Even rich. I mean, even upper middle class, who all that they've done is taken their own money and bought and traded stock. You know, I don't. You know, Warren Buffett's a. What I don't know what is he the third richest man now, maybe the fourth. I'm not sure where he is, but he was a Wall Street guy, right? He used other people's money. <laughs> right? I'm, you know, and I'm not, and I don't know any Wall Street traders, but they do well. But they're trading other people's money. I'm just talking about, do you know somebody who, hey, I sit at my desk at my house and I just trade, that's all I do and it's all my own money and I'm a multimillionaire from doing it. Not a guy that, hey, I made a bunch of money and then I retired and now I dabble around. That's not what I mean. And most people will tell you, good luck doing that, (laughs) right? Good luck to you. But we're in the Goldilocks situation. They've got to come up with something new. Goldilocks has been around too long now. (laughs) Right? They've been trying to say, apparently we've been in Goldilocks for 11 years. You know, the funny thing is you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right, and every day we kind of wake up, and and we, you know, even today this bad GDP number could have been worse. Yesterday, the Atlanta Fed said there was only going to be two tenths. I do want you to know the biggest contributor, according to the numbers that the government put out, recreational vehicles. Apparently, people are out buying the Winnebagoes. Right. I, I mean, I don't. In my mind, that's the recreational vehicle, right? The RV. That was the biggest contributor contributor to the consumer recreational vehicle. Apparently, the Atlanta Fed uh, must have missed that, and we got to seven tenths. But 
you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. Did you see the comments Trump made about North Korea yesterday? You know, saying that, uh, well, let's just say that, hey, you know, we got a we got a situation over there in North Korea that uh, I'm not sure is, is going to work out the way people think it's going to. And I'm trying to, and I, of course, the, uh, I can't, I, I, I missed it. I'm sorry, I had it, and I, now I can't find it, his exact quote about North Korea. Uh, but, you know, hey, at any moment. And I don't know if it would be all of a sudden one day we wake up and we found out, oh, so, so you know, North Korea could reach Los Angeles or, the polar ice caps are melting, and yes, the <laughs> right everything's going into the sea, and, and and everybody needs to get to higher ground, or or a big solar flare comes and wipes out the power grid, or more than likely some hacker <laughs> wipes out the power grid. You need to be prepared. And yesterday I was telling you, and we were talking about silver. And 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 I told you, you know, under eighteen dollars, I like silver. At seventeen dollars, I love it. At seventeen and a quarter, which silver is, by the way, silver is back to seventeen and a quarter uh, as we speak here. I'm somewhere. I you know. I really, really like it. I don't quite. I'm not. I'm not love. It's close. I'm almost in love with it. But I really like it. And and I started thinking about you know you if what would happen you know you need to be prepared and everything we talk about it and, and having your wealth insurance and there's always the two types of customers right the and really I think there's really only one type of customer the prepared type. And I put together something today uh, that was for the, you know, the bug out situation, right? I need to, we need to have some resources uh, real quick and simple like, which means, hey, I'm not making big purchases, right? I'm not out there, I'm not looking to buy somebody's recreational vehicle right now, right? That's going to be a little later. But right now, I just need to get uh, food. I need to get water, bread, whatever it may be. So I put together uh, some bags of junk silver. $100 face value bags. Half dollars, quarters, and dimes. The half dollars are going to be $1,375. The quarters and the dimes are going to be $1,325. Now, a, a, a $100 face value bag, just so you know, has the, the silver content in a $100 face value bag is 71.5 ounces. So every dollar of half dollars, quarters, or dimes equals 
0.715 ounces of meltable silver. So if you had 10 dimes or four quarters or two half dollars, that's how much silver is in each one of these bags. I want to talk about why it's essential to have it and why it's such a great opportunity to buy it today when we get back. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dot. Final segment of the week. The Dow is down, but it's only down 34 points. We don't need GDP. Gold's up two and a half, 1269 Silver has come all the way back now, $17.26. Today's special is one of those, you know, where we don't know what's going to happen. The unexpected happens. And, of course, as we, we know, uh, it's starting to happen a little too more, what, a little too frequently, right? All of these unexpected things and these unintended consequences. So we put together these bug-out bags. They're $100 face value bags of half dollars, quarters, and dimes. The half dollars are $1,375. You're going to get... 200 half dollars that's that for $1375 that's $6.87 a piece and i guess $6.87 and a half cent a piece i don't i really don't remember the last time a half dollar was you know below 7 it don't it just doesn't happen very often even when silver was down at 13 bucks i'm not sure i'm not sure if they got that cheap and and uh just a great opportunity uh on the half dollars at 1375 the quarters and the dimes are even less same amount of silver you know a thousand dimes uh, would be in this or 400 quarters those are 1325 you know, you start breaking down uh, the quarters and the dimes, that's like 18 and a half bucks. You know, that's, well, you're talking about like a dollar twenty-five over spot or something like that on the dimes and the quarters. So uh, you got bags of halves, $100 face value bags of half dollars at thirteen seventy-five, four hundred quarters at thirteen twenty-five. Or a thousand dimes at one thousand three hundred and twenty-five. If you buy all three—the halves, the quarters, the dimes—I mean, you'll have the right amount of silver for whatever it is that you need to buy. If you did, it'll be four thousand and twenty-five dollars for all three. And if you buy all three, we'll throw in the shipping. Otherwise, shipping is thirty-five bucks at eight hundred nine five one. Zero five nine two. Uh, that's our toll-free number, and I'll also uh, cut them in half. So if you want a half bag, we'll do that as well. Uh, the halves would be six ninety. The dimes and the quarters would be six hundred and sixty-five. If you wanted fifty-dollar face bags, so uh, either way, we've got you covered. Hundred-dollar face value bags have half dollars. These will be Franklin's. Kennedys and Walkers at thirteen seventy five. 
$100 face bags of quarters and dimes at 1325 If you buy one of each, or if you just buy three of one, one three quarters, three dimes, whatever it is, we will throw in the shipping. Everybody, I hope you have a great weekend. And let's hope uh, Donald has it wrong and we can get this North Korea thing put to bed. Uh, but before you do the weekend, before you head out, before you go check your draft board, call us, 800-951-0592. That way you can ensure you're going to have Goldilocks when it really hits the fan. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back next week. This was a paid program and was provided for informational purposes only.